This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show! I think I deactivated the other mic. <laughs> so no, I had um, I had set up this little USB life cam for, you know, working at home and such for the wife and everything. Right. And it's got a mic on it. Ah. And it's sitting on top of the monitor. So mystery solved. It was bugging me for a couple of days. Yes. Well, when you have a desktop computer, which Typically does not come with a built-in microphone. Yeah, that would be disconcerting. Mm-hmm. So. <clears throat> so you put a, a monitor. So you put a camera on top of your monitor so that while you're at work, you could remotely look at your s- stack of long boxes. Oh, uh, you know that is a thought. <laughs> <laughs> to make sure that, that is a thought. It's security cam for your comics now. <laughs> well, it's like some people like to watch their pets from work. I like to check in on the comics. Right. Make sure there hasn't been like a minor earthquake and my stuff has fallen down. That's true. Mm. I I approve. I absolutely approve. So, so what's been going on in your neck of the woods? Oh gosh. <laughs> in some cases, absolutely nothing because. You know, I can't go anywhere, literally, other than to go outside for walks around the neighborhood. I've not been out of the house since Wednesday. Oh, this so you're, you're Sunday as we record. So. Yeah, so you're non-essential? I've pretty much been non-essential my whole life. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I hate to say it. I wouldn't mind a week of being non-essential. I'm sure. But... You know, that's a, that, you know, but there's some people that'd rather be essential, so I can't complain. I can't complain. I don't know. Just going one day to the next and see what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got my uh, email inbox down to like seven emails that I'm working my way through. Wow, that's good. Well, you see, I got a bunch of emails where there's some, it's more like some of my newsletter stuff, and there's articles in there or tutorials or, Stuff that I just leave in my inbox that I'll get back to later. And, I mean, I've got some of them that's been in there a year, so I'm slowly working my way through them. So I am getting some time for that. Um, is this your work or, e- or personal email? Oh, this is my personal. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's more like research papers on uh, artificial intelligence and some stuff like that. There's a bunch of stuff on Q... Uh, Q... Q theory, reinforcement learning, that I'm intrigued by. That's I feel like understanding is just at the cusp of my understanding, and I'm just I'm one of those that I'm there, like kind of waiting for the for the all the the light to go on and all the things to click into place, so I kind of understand it. That sounds somewhat familiar. Did we discuss this at one point? I don't know, maybe. So Q learning is basically somehow you have to set up the intelligence with or you gotta set up the program or 
the situation with you know you have a reward at the end of all the actions and you have to calculate what the rewards are or the, the intermittent steps or the minute or the the cumulative awards to get to that point so like say you've got something i think of it like back in the day like some of the easy computer games uh when like a maze and to get outside the maze you got 100 points and you know the maze is in the north let's say the northeast corner and you're in the southwest corner so every step you make north and east gets you pl- one point and every step you make south and west gets you a negative point and what you want to do is you want to minimize the amount of points to get to that maximum exit right so but the thing is you got to know beforehand the game board and the pits and the perils in it and that's not how real life works you know what you're trying to strive for like the reward you're trying to get in an activity but you don't know all the steps to get there so how do you how do you sit there and calculate what that is does that make sense mm, somewhat yeah you know it's just reducing i love trying to figure out how to reduce stuff to math and you know i took for 2 years i was fascinated with like uh how to turn language into math and word vectors and everything. And I still find it fascinating. But then, you know, now I'm looking at computer vision I'm doing all this reinforcement cue learning and stuff, but you know, just to, you know, do things outside of what I do at work just to kind of keep the mind flexible and plastic. Right. So, but anyway, I got a bunch of them in there. That's one of them. And there's some stuff on, uh, and a lot of this stuff is white papers from researchers. So, you know, those can get kind of dry sometimes. Uh, yeah. So. Paper, yeah. Based on the white papers I've read, most of them are less than fascinating. Well, they're white papers or research papers. Like another one is like historical word embeddings and lexical semantic change. Ah. So it's So, see, that's really fascinating to me. And I'll give you the best example of it. So word vectors, I'm sure you've seen it. Everybody's seen something about it like – um you know, you can reduce words into equations like uh, how is what's the famous one? Man, oh, king minus man plus woman equals queen. So, see the logic in that? Vaguely. So, king minus man plus woman equals queen. So, maybe it's better represented graphically. But it's like putting words into vectors. And when I say by vectors, it's high dimensional space. So like I was, I was actually sitting here doing an experiment one day and I reduced like a corpus into 256 vector space. So just think of a dimension that's got five, you know, like we're, you know, one, you know, two dimensions is a piece of paper or a flat space. Three dimensions is kind of like where you live in. So word vectors are, you can get into multi dimensions. And it's like I built one where it was like all the words were in 256 dimensions. And so. What happens is similar words are near each other in this 256 dimensional space. And if, and if you, and if you, so all these words have got this unique path to get to that point in space. And so you're looking at words that got, that took similar paths that are near that are similar words and like paths that are like complete opposite of that 180 degrees are opposite words. So there's antonyms and synonyms, right? And so, and then they're all at different angles. So what I'm doing is you're taking, so that's how – and you got to think of like in a polar coordinate space and doing polar math. That's why you take where in space 
king is, you subtract man from that, that location in space, and then you add woman back to it, and that new location is directing you to, the nearest word to it is queen. Okay. I'm following still. So that's how you can do different math with it. So, But what this is – so you see what I'm saying here? I'm seeing – so this is historical word embeddings. So the other thing, if you add yet another dimension to it, if you add a time dimension to it, so at certain parts in time, different words had different relations. Like if you look up the word apple, like pre-19 whenever the company started – it's always associated with fruit, and it's kind of associated with fruit up until through the 80s. But in the 80s and the 90s, you see the word apple start being not associated with fruit, but then again with company or software or computers or whatever, depending on how you've built your corpus. So then you can see how words change over time just by how they're spatially related to each other. I don't know. I find all that fascinating. It is. So, wow. And um, that is part of the rest. Yes, it is. Everything is part of the rest. Uh, so I've got that figured out about how words are related to each other, but I got this paper on the historical aspect of it and how you throw in that you throw in a different a time dimension into everything that I'm still trying to make click in my head. So are you going to start composing your Discord messages and tweets according to this mathematical type of language? Mm. <laughs> I don't know about that, but that is some of the ways they're thinking, like, you know, you can get more advanced chatbots. Ah. Because word embeddings from his from financial documents is, like, very different from, like, word embeddings from, say, just your regular newspaper versus the uh, celebrity rags that you see on the shelf there. So, like, even all your, you know, language is different given the context, too. So you can build different semantic embeddings for... Like you could even do a comic book one. See, I could segue that into that. So you could do even do a comic book uh, uh, word embeddings on if you could figure out a way to get the script for all all the comic books, and then you could sit there and you could throw in a script and you could see if it more resembles like a a Batman comic or a Superman or X Men or something like that, just by the, you know the way the language is used. Maybe, maybe, or you just find out they're all about the same, and the only thing that's different is the characters. Right. Interesting. Very interesting indeed. Oh, it, oh, it's just fascinating. It's just how do you reduce language to math? Because it's an abstract concept. Yes, very much. Well, it's like, you know, pretty much anything, all knowledge, when you get right down to it, is kind of abstract concepts. True. I mean, language itself. Or, you know, the symbols, the letters and the words are symbolic representations of real world things. Mm-hmm. I mean, zero is a hard concept to think about if you actually start thinking about it. What is nothing? That's true. We briefly touched on this on open bar, but everybody was too sloshed to go into it in any depth. Yeah, I mean, yeah, what is nothing? Well, didn't we have negative numbers and we had... Positive numbers before we even had zero. I think so. I'm not yeah. Sure. So. And who's to say there's not another another something near zero, but it's not quite a real number, but not an imaginary number. Imaginary numbers just take me back to the, my two semesters of electrical engineering I had to take that I really didn't care for. <laughs> and two negatives make a ne- make an imaginary. Isn't that how it goes? I forget. 
I don't know. I, I know the Egyptians, the ancient Egyptians had a symbol for zero in accounting text. Because you've always had, to have the concept of zero when it comes to money. I mean, there's no money. You can't have, you can have zero money, but you can't have positive or only positive or negative monetary amounts. So, I don't know. Or maybe that's how they, maybe that's what it happened. They kept doing that and they figured out we need to have something where it's like they neither owe nor they're, nor they're ahead. So we gotta come up with this zero concept. <laughs> All derived from like money or barter. Or did it come from money or was it barter? When did, so wasn't it still more barter at that time? So would there really have been a zero? And what, in our ancient Egypt? I don't know. I would think they would use. Well, I don't think I ever remember seeing anything about Egyptian coins. Do you ever remember seeing, do you ever remember seeing anything on Egyptian coins? No, I don't. Or maybe it was all on papyrus. Could be. I don't know if Egyptian had coins or not. Now, I know the ancient Greeks had no concept of zero, or had no symbol for zero. But yeah. I've actually been thinking lately about, like, uh, how did you have a, how did you, oh, how's, how do I want to say that? Without, without language, how do you have self-awareness? Right? Because don't you sit there and you wonder about things with that voice in your head? But your voice in your head's got words, but what if you didn't know words? Okay, then what you're saying then is that Homo sapiens that were pre-verbal had no concept of self. No, they could have been pre-verbal. I mean, they could have been verbal, mm. right? But if uh, – I don't know. It's just one of those – you know, I've got a lot of time to think lately. Yes. And those are some of my thoughts. If you don't have a language, how can you, like, think about things? They just exist. Or maybe it's that they just exist. You don't have any, you don't have a future or a past. But you kind of have a past. Yeah, you kind of have a past. You can't have a, a present without a past. Yeah, but how do you think about it if you don't have words? I don't know. We would have to find out. I don't know. I was reading, I mean, this goes back to other things I've read, like, you know, with your pets, your animals. Does your dog really have a memory? Do they remember certain events? Or is it just conditioning? You know, like I get my, you know, I go in to get my dog's food. And, you know, she jumps around, turns circles. I call excited because she's about to get fed. Now, is that because she has specific memories of having eaten before? Or is it just she knows this conditioning that when this happens, she gets food? See, I don't think we know the answer to that. No. We're getting into very esoteric stuff here. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. That could be something like, that could fall into that other stuff. There's something I've been, like, I wrote down, like, weeks and weeks ago when we were when we were doing our, uh, what was interesting we read that week that I haven't said anything about yet, but I, ooh, and that's upstairs. But did you know that there's apparently some uh, irregular, large lava deposit globes Oh, in the uh, South Turn the Crust, and they influence a lot of things that, uh, crap. Now I can't think of what it was. I'll never be able to find this now unless I run upstairs and get it. I'm not going to do that. But, yeah, appar- apparently there's some irregular uh, lava stuff. 
that influences a lot of our like continental drift and volcanoes and earthquakes and things like that. Okay, to answer one question, I know that at least as far back as the reign of Ptolemy the First, mm-hmm. the Egyptians did have coinage. Oh, they did have coinage. Yes, and that goes back to about 323 BC or so. Before that, I don't know. I can't. You know, if you go all the way back to Tutankhamun or some of those or Ramses or any some of those very early pharaohs, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I would think so. Okay, so they did do have have that. I just, you know, of all the Egyptians, well, I guess the the coins would be the boring part of anything Egyptian. <laughs> I don't know. Ah, so what about comic wise? You done anything comic wise? You know, this past week I've not read much comics at all. Have you not? I read a couple of things I had to to catch up for the Bat Pod podcast, but other than that, I've I don't know. Other things have been taking my attention. Yeah, you know, this is the first week without new comics. I guess we're dating the episode. And I did have some that I could have caught up on. Like, I need to catch back up. I've got, like, I bought the series American Carnage, and I need to read it. And I bought the series uh, The Warning back, and I need to read it and get those read. And they've been sitting there for months. And you know what? I just haven't read them. I don't know why. See, there's some things I'm months behind on. And I'm kind of like, okay, we know there's not going to be comics at least through April, probably longer. And they're not even going to be... Very few, I mean, there's going to be very few even digital comics. So it's like, okay, now's the time to get caught up on all this past stuff. You know, this pile of stuff that I've been meaning to get caught up on. Mm-hmm. But I've been trying to keep up with some of the current stuff and new stuff that's coming out. But it's not going to anytime soon. So I know, that's why it's the perfect opportunity. Ooh, I still got some TKO to read. Look, glancing over, I see. And I'm about eight issues behind on Daredevil. I have no excuses for not having anything to read. No, you don't. I wouldn't think anybody who buys more than just a few comics would be. I do not come across anybody that buys comic books. That buys a substantial amount. I mean, people who may just buy a few titles. But I've not come across anybody who buys a significant number of titles that doesn't say I get I'm behind on this or I need to get caught up on this. It's just that almost seems like part of it. Like if you're not behind, you're not uh, playing the game right. <laughs> uh, that's part of being a comics reader is that you have to be behind on something. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Yeah, and I got like two piles of uh, DC Bronze Age horror I need to go through and sort and organize. For some reason, I haven't done. The only thing I've actually done related to any of that this weekend is I had some uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail uh, collectible card game cards that I kind of updated my uh, list on that. I'm still 50 cards short of having a full set, and I'm a little irritated because I thought I was closer than that. And remind you, I remind you, these cards came out in 96, so it's not the easiest thing to complete at this point. No. No, Daniel, it was one of those cards, Tim... The Sorcerer? No. Oh, my gosh. Well, it might be. I, maybe I haven't gotten that yet. But they are using a picture of him in the distance, and they label it Morgan Le Fay, and I'm trying to figure that out. Morgan Le Fay? Yeah. So it's a distance, you know, I guess it's they, they had to come up with different stuff to make it a card game. So it had to be 300 and 
313 cards, 350 cards, something like that. So, but I, suppose. I don't know if there is a Tim, but there is a Killer Rabbit, a Legendary Beast of Arg, a Not So Legendary <laughs> Beast of Arg. Um, I will say one of the cards is uh, the cartoonist dies. Right. Uh, or the animator dies. Uh, oh, there is a Holy Hand Grenade card Holy, of Holy Antioch. Hand Grenade of Antioch, yes. Yep, yep. And you got to have either Brother Maynard or Brother Maynard's roommate in order to use it properly. Right. And oh, and then they have the taunt. Count to three. And the count no, no, the... no. Five. No, no. Three, sir. <laughs> you can't count oh. to four. And you can't count to two unless you proceed to three. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I found yeah. out here about a week ago, tooling around Netflix, that you can, they have all of the Monty Python Flying Circus episodes on Netflix. Oh, they do? They have the Flying Circus? Yes. And they, they have some of the movies. They have Holy Grail, and I don't think they have Life of Brian, too, but I've never seen, you know, the old TV programs, Flying Circus, but that is on Netflix. Well, it's been a while since I've watched them, and I wonder if there's probably some they never did air in the U.S. <laughs> or could be. I haven't looked specifically at it, but I Ooh, know how many. Enough. I wonder how many seasons that went. Oh, to the DuckDuckGo machine. It wasn't that many. It was like was it three not? or four. Yeah, it was short, not as much as you think. I was surprised. Because I remembered as a kid, and I just remember. Mm. Ooh, they describe it as a surreal sketch comedy. <laughs> That's about as accurate as you could possibly get. It's pretty surreal. Uh, come on, tell me the seasons. Tell me the seasons. Okay, four seasons. 13, 13, 13, 6. Man, so there's only 45 episodes? I know. Say, I think back to a kid, and I just seems like I would remember hundreds of episodes, but there's not that many. Uh, and two episodes were produced in German. Monty Python's Flygender Zirkus. <laughs> the literal German translation of the English title. <laughs> oh, man, you know, it shouldn't take too long to get through 45 episodes. They were only like a half hour, weren't they? Um, or about right at half an hour. But yes, you need to watch, we need to watch some of those. See the fish dance, uh, the Spanish Inquisition, which nobody expects. <laughs> Dennis Moore, <laughs> who robs from the poor and gives to the rich. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, that has been a while. Woof. Woof. So anyway, you know, there was actually a video game they put out. Well, I don't know if I'd call it a video game. They came out with a game, computer game, in the 90s or something. With And you were told nothing about it. You just put it in and you had to figure it out. And supposedly it was pretty – it won some awards. I, I got it, and I don't think I ever got – figured out the first puzzle or clue or anything on it. You know, you know that never shows up on GOG. Now I'm going to have to look that up. Honey Python computer – computer computer game? Computer game. Yeah, there we go. Uh, there, oh, wait a second. There was the Monty Python and the Quest for the Holy Grail, a complete waste of time, cow tossing. Flying Circus, a computer game, and the meaning of life. I think it was a complete waste of time. Nope, no, it wasn't. That's just stuff to do on your computer. Maybe it's the Flying Circus computer game. Oh, no. That was a scrolling shoot 'em up computer game. Interesting. How do you turn Flying Circus into a shooting game? 
But it was apparently on the but apparently it was on the Commodore 60. I'm going to I need this game now. I need this game. Yes, and you need to bring it next year to C2E2. Even though they say the the reviews were it was high for the 89% for the Atari ST reissue, but to poor on the 47% for the Commodore 64 version, which is what I would have had, maybe. Hmm. Uh, but this is still not it. Ah, uh, oh, maybe this is it. Uh, is it the Holy Grail? Oh no! Wow! I'm feeling. It says it's an adventure game, but oh, there's a desktop Pythonizer. <laughs> okay. I don't even know what that would be. Oh, oh, well, maybe I don't want this one. So a critic said that the the game for the Quest for the Holy lacks any semblance of decent gameplay. But then some other Mac user named Quest for the Holy Grail one of 1996's top 50 CD-ROMs. <laughs> Which then reinforces my opinion that you just can't trust critics. Oh, no. No, not at all. Critics and reviewers, yeah, they have very little credence as far as I'm, con- I'm concerned. But, yeah, you need to find that and bring it to C2E2 next year. Assuming well, there is a C2E2 next year. Well, that's true, but here's the thing. I don't know... Uh, I don't. It's not going to play on the mini Nintendo. Oh, okay. Well, that's true. But now I'm like... Because none of these games look to be like the one I'm remembering. Well, I don't so, know what to tell you. Oh, man. Now I'm going to have to figure out cow tossing. That should be... <laughs> Oh my! Okay, that, well, right. that's right out of Holy Grail. You know what that is. I mean, oh yeah, I know what that is. Vaulted the exactly cow out is. of the castle. <laughs> After the Trojan bunny. Yes. No, right. no, no, not the Trojan rabbit. The Trojan rabbit came later. Yeah, that was later. <laughs> Although that got, you know. God, I love that movie. Yeah, we went and saw Spam a lot because they they had a they had it on one night showing here and. And that, the, yeah, we went and saw it on a Friday night, and I think Saturday I had to watch Holy Grail, uh, Holy Grail on. Maybe, maybe it was uh, Amazon Prime or whatever it was. I had to find, I had to find it Saturday and watch it. Oh God, I love that movie. Oh, they just don't make movies like that anymore. That is the one thing I have not seen is Spam a lot, and I want to. And I, it was in, came through Dallas again a few years ago, three or four years ago, and I didn't get to see it. Mm. I'm not sure that's something Pam would want to go see. Ah, oh, so good. A musical based on Monty Python. I can't imagine her being... Okay, no, let's, this is a good question now. Does Anne in any way appreciate the humor of Monty Python, or is she like Pam and just sits there with a blank stare on her face while it's... No, she's the one that asked me if we wanted to go. Oh, my gosh. No, oh, yeah, I have no problem there. So she likes Monty Python, then, I don't know what She finds mm-hmm. humor. Wow. Or she gets it. Or she knows I just really like it. <laughs> not Pam. She, yeah, no. Monty Python could not be any more cryptic or less funny than, than anything to her. But I still, it's like they've got these games. None of these are the ones I remember. But of course I could be this, you know, it could be the Mandela effect and I'm remembering a game that no, never existed. Could very ah. well be. Oh, uh, well. I'm going to have to, like, put that up for another discovery at some time. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So that was a card game. Actually, we played it a 
some back in the day as a break from magic when we still played mostly magic but uh you gotta sit there and it's like you get the cards and you gotta force uh force your other players to sing like uh the minstrel songs or and then you get to yell the taunts at your opponents and then you have major taunts <laughs> and you get questions three and it's hilarious because it's like, well, no, it's it's serious. I mean, you get you get it, and you got and you and you do it on your opponent. You don't, you really don't like questions threes because they're very specific. They'll say, "What is your favorite color?" and you can say it, and then you got to say, "What is your quest?" and you got to say it, and and then the card says they got to say it with authority. Right. And then the third, and the third question will be something. What was the capital of Syria in 1000 BC? Right. You know what? You'll have, you'll have the two questions, and then there'll be a serious third question, and if they don't answer it right, they get the penalty. And there's a bunch of them, so they put that they put that into the gameplay. Has anybody ever calculated, computed the airspeed velocity of an unladen swallow? African or European? Well, that's the question. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the questions too on there. You got to answer it that way, or you're uh, you, you suffer the penalty. <laughs> oh, it's, oh, it's it's great. I'll have to I'll have to break them out. Sometime to let you see, but yeah, I want to I want to complete the set. <laughs> now, anybody mm. listening who doesn't like Monty Python doesn't know what the hell we're talking about. No, nope, that's okay. nope. No, that, no, they can go out and watch it and then appreciate it like the rest of us. Yes, John Cleese was supposed to be at Planet Comic Con. Yes, well, a lot of people were supposed to be at Planet Comic Con. Yes, yes, I was debating taking. There's a then one of the cards in there is whatever the one of the pages he was, and he's got it on there with that look. And I was thinking about if I went, I was going to get it there and see if I could get him to sign it. There's probably a few other cards in there where his pictures on it. All right. So, I mean, how often do you think John Cleese is in the Kansas City? Um, gosh, I would say probably no more than twice a year. <laughs> but and there you go. Okay, this brings up something now. Talking about Planet Comic Con. Because a lot of these cons, uh, Planet Comic Con, Emerald City, they've rescheduled, and a lot of them rescheduled for June or July. Mm, and now they, they, the question is, are they going to make that? Or are we still going to be... And I know there's probably no answer to the question. I'm sure it's all speculation. But the way things are progressing, it doesn't look good. No, I'd have to agree with that. I mean, Wimbledon cancel their championships and those weren't scheduled to begin until July 20 or no June 29th. So, I mean, that's way into the summer and they're already canceling that and so, I don't know. We'll just have to see. No, we just got to see how things progress and then when's even if they do reschedule them and everything's good, when's the confidence going to be up to go? Right. That's true. I mean, number 1, the fans are but more importantly, creators. Just because they have a con doesn't mean they're creators are going to show up and if they don't show up the fans are not going to show so there's every possibility that c2e2 was the last big comic book convention of 2020 you mean the first and the last the, well on the first i think there was another one before that but oh okay well it couldn't be too big if you don't can't remember what it was well that's true i mean how many more of them are pre late february oh that's true i guess it was the first probably so yeah that may have been the convention of 2020. Well, there you go. That means you just can't miss it next year. 
if it is, if they have it next year, we may still be under lockdown in 2021. I hope just not. Punt, just punt 2020. <laughs> punt. You know, it's almost starting to feel that way. It really, really is. Uh, yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe through the first part of the summer. Well, what does it say? But I mean, look at we don't what we don't know. Baseball. At best, we're going to have a reduced season because I don't think there's any way they're going to be able to get 162 games in because they're not going to start until well into May, at least. So. Yeah, we can only wait and see. That is true. I don't know what else we can. So, so what else have you been up to? Ah, uh, well. As part of my isolation and stay at home and shelter at home, however you want to call it, I went and gathered up all my stuff, art brushes, my paints and stuff, and I'm going to try to start painting again. Woo-hoo. What do you mean try? There is no try. Well, there's no try. I am going to start painting again. And it's something there I've been go. kind of thinking about, just haven't got around to it. But I don't know. This seems like a good a time as any. Mm. And I haven't painted, gosh... I haven't painted much, if at all, since about 2013. Mm, so, yeah, so you're going to make some happy little trees? No, no, I don't paint that way, but uh, certainly my skills have deteriorated. So I'm going to be starting over in some some aspects, but we will see. Ah, well, at least you have an artistic outlet. I don't think I have an artistic bone in my body. Well... I never thought I had either, because I had never showed any artistic aptitude all the way growing up. Couldn't draw worth a damn. I had no, you know, I was always more scientific, logical oriented, and I still have that. But And it was really, what got me started was, gosh, I was probably, I mean, this was not until like 2008 or nine, so I would have been in the late 40s when I decided, you know, I'm going to learn to draw. And it was because of comic books that, I did that. I was looking at comics and thinking, you know, I'm wondering if I could learn to have any sort of skill in drawing like comics creators. And like I say, I had showed no aptitude as a kid and I didn't draw much, didn't do it, but I decided I'm going to learn. So I started taking courses and practices and <clears throat> what I learned was that just perseverance desire and just wanting to is equally as important as any kind of talent because I don't consider I have any innate artistic talent, but I worked hard at it. Spent a lot of time. So ah, good to hear. I think anybody, I'm, in fact, I'm convinced anybody that wants to, if you have a strong enough desire and you want to commit the time and the effort, anybody can learn to draw to some degree, maybe not very expertly. No, you're not great. No, no, I mean, I'm not that great. I will never be Sean Murphy. <laughs> oh, yeah. I guess you didn't get to go see him in the Dallas whatever. No, I didn't. That was another pisser. I deliberately didn't schlep my punk rock Jesus to Chicago to get him to sign it because, hey, he'll be in Dallas at the end of March. Well, that blew up in my face. There will be another time, I'm sure. Another well, time. you know... There should be a high confidence that 
the shows that got canceled will have most of the same guests rebooked for when they happen again. Because it's not like everybody is going to conflict with anybody's schedule. <laughs> well, that's true. I don't know. I just, I don't know what it's going to be the rest of the year. Yep. <sighs> so the, All the ones that have postponed they said they're going have used the word reschedule, but I'm just wondering if it may get to a point where some of them just say, you know, screw it, we'll try again in 2021. Yeah. I so. tend to look at things a little more pessimistically than hmm. a lot of people. <laughs> so, well, I did break out my HOTAS, and I've been playing some Star Citizen again this week. So... I have done that. I haven't done that in about a year or two. Star Citizen. I'm not familiar. Uh, do you know about Eve Online? No, I don't. Mm, okay, just think of it as like a space MMO. Okay. So. <clears throat> Interesting. Okay. Yeah, well. They're trying to make it like a second life. Right. You actually, okay, I don't know what you're about. So there's supposed to be like trade and organizations and businesses and this huge persistent universe where you can just go in and do what you want to do, whether you want to be a smuggler or a trader or a part of the military or – Whatever else you can carve out and uh, just play it. It's still in, eh, I don't know about it. It's open beta, so it isn't fully released yet. So, But you can get in and, in small portions and fly around and play with the mechanics and everything. And I mean, it's it's a full uh, Newtonian flight, like in Babylon 5, not like in Star Wars. Interesting. So... You just gotta have a high end system to run it. Right. Which you so. do. Yeah, maybe two years ago, but not now. I need to take a look and see what I can upgrade. You still running overclocked? Yeah, I don't know how much I like that or not. If I, if, I don't know about the CPU. I might upgrade my GPU. Well, yeah, that's gonna make more difference. Well, the, back when I was doing that, they were, everybody was taking GPUs and they were using them to mine Bitcoin. And that's not such a big thing now, so the GPU prices may have come down. Right. I haven't even looked at GPU prices. Yeah, yeah, and I could probably, and I got two slots still free from memory, so I could probably throw in, I can't remember if I got two 8 gig of RAM in there or if I, I got two 16. What is my memory? I think I only got 16 out, I think about it, and I've, you know, I've never been comfortable with that number. I don't know. I'm like, I should have more. Yeah, I've only got a 16 gig of memory. Two slots of eight. I need to fix that. Yes, probably so. I need to do four slots of 16. Four, yes, exactly. <laughs> but no, it's been a while since I brought out, broke out the throttle and the, and the yoke, so. And I've forgotten where all the buttons are mapped to, and so I haven't been doing too well because I'm trying to remember where everything is. And they made it a lot harder too. Actually, they made it more real life, which made it a lot harder. Yes. 
well, <laughs> real life is real life flying through space in uh in the year twenty four or something or whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> but it is a Newtonian engine, so I do like that. Oh yes. Okay. Oh, here's here's an Nvidia Nvidia Quadro GD one hundred graphics card. Thirty two gigabyte A B H B M two and it's only $11,247. Wait a second. Is that a single GPU? No, I'm sure it's not. Or is that, they do make, they do make machines now, towers that are nothing but a bunch of GPUs. This isn't a tower. It's a, it's a GPU card you put in. Really? An $11,000 card? I tell you what, it better be doing a bunch of stuff. I don't know what stuff it can do to be $11,000 worth, but it better be doing it. It says here, AI, photorealistic rendering, simulation, and virtual reality are terraforming professional workflows. Engineers can now create groundbreaking products faster. Oh, that's going to like companies or research labs for doing AI. Yeah. But hey, you know, slide one in your computer. You could really be humming along. Ooh. Oh yeah, Titan. What? Which one? Oh, is it the Quadro? Did you say Quadro Professional? Yes. Or GE Force. Which just says Quadro GV100. Wow, man, that is a five. Wow, there's one that's five thousand. Wow, forty-eight gigabytes of high-speed memory. Oh yeah, these are set. These are set up to be yeah, VR and all that. I'm thinking more like one of the Titans. Right. Well, no, I was being ridiculous, of course. But I just... What? You ridiculous? Yes, uh, I know. Hard to believe. I don't know. I boot on the Titan thing, and the first thing they talk about is AI development, data science, and power your creativity. What if I just want to play a game that looks pretty? You know what I'm saying? Where's that at? Oh, good lord, these Titans are like 2,500. Yeah, I don't think I can talk the wife into that. <laughs> you don't. You just... You just... Man, I'm on an NVIDIA thing, and it's like overview. I can do AI innovators, AI cities, AI for public good, healthcare and life sciences, higher education, retail, robotics, and self-driving car. Where the hell is just freaking games? I don't know. Wow, they've just totally gone on to this whole AI thing. Which brings us all full circle to where we started out this conversation. It does. Wow, these things are still... Oh. Wow. Oh, with active cooling systems, too. Jeez. Yes. You're going to need a liquid nitrogen-cooled system before it's over one. Man, I remember the days when I just had to just mess with the bat, .bat file and the DOS file, figuring out which port was open to hook things up with. and You know what I might do? I might just go break out my Commodore 128 and fire it up. Sounds good. Just just play on it. Play some Boulder Dash. <laughs> <coughs> Boulder Dash. Yeah. I love I never could solve that game. I think I could get through 15 of the 16 worlds, and I just couldn't get through that last world. Couldn't figure it out. Couldn't dang, figure it out. Dang. Dang, dang it. So, you know, go back to a 30-year-old game and finally solve it. Then wonder, well, this wasn't that hard. Yeah, you could. You could very easily do that. Or you could get out your... Uh, Raspberry Pi and program a bunch of stuff. It'll take up some time. 
Uh, I've got that running at work with an experiment. My my Pi four. I got my Pi three still here. I need to set up a new and improved. Uh, yep, I need to do a new and improved uh, traffic monitor out front. <laughs> That's what I need to do. See who's not wearing a face mask. Yes. Start calling. Have it feed live into St. Louis Police Department. Man, you know, I can't find which GPU I got on here. There's what my... I got a Ryzen 7 processor, and I can't find my GPU. Where is my GPU? See, I've got... I've been thinking now, but I was going to do, with my old Raspberry Pi 3, Mm -hmm. a desire to make a podcast player. Podcast player. Yeah, you mount your mount your pie, put it in, find some kind of a box, like an old cigar box or something, and mount a speaker. Program it so that you can, you know, input or bring in the, you know, the RSS feeds. You can play your podcast there through a speaker. How do you take How do you take that on the road with you? Well, you don't. It's for at the <laughs> yeah. house. It's for playing in the house. Uh, and not use the earbuds. That way I can play it in the house and annoy the wife because she's like, I don't want to listen to that. But that was just a, one of the things I wanted to experiment with. Oh, it, you're the one. To, have you been looking around very much at the Cowabunga web store now? Not since the, I think that day they announced it. I don't know if they put some more stuff out there or not. Ooh, I know Aaron Myers though on Twitter has been showing all these old, uh, old school uh, Dungeons and Dragons modules he's been finding, and it's like now I'm wanting to get into like Dungeons and Dragons modules. Cause I tell you what, I still can't figure out where the hell you find uh, uh, pulps other than freaking eBay. You need to get that book, that Heritage Auction book. That's not going to tell me where to find them in the wild. You don't know. You don't know until you look. It may not, but it might. Ooh, yeah, they've got more stuff. Hmm. Hmm. Who has more stuff? Calabunga. Who oh, do you think? Okay. Well, you asked me if I've been there, and it's like, okay, I haven't been, so I'll go. Well, so I've gone. Didn't, you didn't tell me that's where you were going. Well, that's where I'm at. I thought you were still looking for games. No, I started looking at, um, uh, what was it? Uh, GPUs, and I'm like, eh, it's gonna take some more uh, uh, research. Wait, so, yes. yes, it's gonna take a while to find out to get information on GPUs. Well, I don't know about that. It's just what's you know, how good is mine, and what do I need to improve up. Or do I even need to improve up? That's true. Uh, ooh, that's not what I wanted. Of course, if you find something, if you order it, it's going to take gosh knows how long because... Um, especially mine, I, I just go to Micro Center and get it. Oh, okay. Well, Micro Center. Are they open? Are they yeah, still? mine's open. I get an ad every other day from them going like, we're open. Come well, by and get this. I guess they're essential, though. Well, they are in some states. My, so, um, 
you know, because I think one of the problems I'm having with my experiment at work is I think my Raspberry Pi is overheating and shutting down, so I need to find a a case that's got like a fan or something in it to help cool it off. Right. So. Did you put heat heat sinks on it? Mm, no, but I opened up the case and I blew on it for a little bit. <laughs> okay. And it lasted running a little bit longer. <laughs> All right. Sounds good to me. Gosh. <laughs> I just can't do it. It shuts off overnight on me. Right. Ah. <sighs> so what else we got to talk about? We've had business about an hour, and I don't feel like we've talked about anything, really. Oh, we've talked about a lot. I mean, there's nothing of any note. Hmm. Well, we did talk a little bit about... We've touched on comics. We've touched on what we're doing. Oh. Oh. As you and I know, and people who don't listening probably don't, Ronnie once again fell ass backwards into a big comic collection. Oh, yeah, I saw that. And, of course, he didn't pay your advice any heed at all. Oh, crap. Did he, is he still not figured out how to sort those damn things? No, he hasn't. And that led to a big a t- discussion. I guess we can talk about that for a couple of minutes. Well, how do you sort uh, a big lot of random comics? Well, define big. Okay, or uh, let's say at least six long boxes. Was it that, or was it twelve half boxes? I don't know. I don't even remember. And I, I don't have no idea how many it was. I'm just that's just a number I threw out. Okay, say so you you end up with a somebody gives you six long boxes full of comics in completely randomized order. How do you sort through it? Well, first of all, you got to figure out if you got the room. Well, first of all, you got to see if there's some kind of order to the boxes. Right. Either publisher, year, or something. And then, and oh, I guess this begs the question. Do you do you put all your comics together independent or dependent on publisher? Um, yes and no. Mine are alphabetical no matter what the publisher is. So if I want to look up something, I just know to go to that letter, and I'm going to find all my publishers alphabetically in that letter. Okay, so in that case, then, your Batman will be in one section of your collection, and Nightwing will be in a completely different section. Yeah, Batman will be at the Bs, Nightwing will be at the Ns. Okay, makes sense. You know, Nightwing, I think, comes right before Ninjak in my collection. Right. It all makes perfect sense. Now, Aaron, on the other hand, will just say that that's, no, that you have to sort of buy publisher company first and then alphabetically within publisher. And that sounds to me like, I don't know, a lot of work. Well, yeah, but I guess it depends on how, like, I've got, you've seen my collection. My long boxes are all stacked. If if I had one area that's publishers and i got to dig to it and everything, it just makes more sense for me having mine all perfectly alphabetical. Right. So. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there's a number of ways of doing it. It depends on the size of your collection, how you store it, the ease of getting to it. Mm-hmm. So I will say, though, I do... Like some of my longer series that I've collected are no longer being published. I do have, I do pull them out and sequester them in a different spot because I know I don't have to have access to it unless I really want to read them or something. Like, um, oh, what is something in there? Uh, like Sandman, um, Why the Last Man, Fables. Um, those I've kind of pulled out of the main collection because you know, they're done. I'm not going to add to them. So I've kind of got them sequestered off. So I do have the active part of the 
the active part of my collection and the non-active part. If that makes sense. You know, my VH1's off in uh, three separate boxes or three long boxes, so I know where my VH1 is because I'm not – well, I've, other than if I find some gold books or signature books, I really don't add to it very often. And I have been debating whether or not to pull my VEI into separate boxes as opposed to having it mixed into the general population. I don't know. But then I'm like, well, why would I do that for them and not for some of the other active stuff? Good question. Now, of course, the the drawback or one drawback to having everything alphabetical is that you keep having to shift boxes. In other words, you keep adding stuff and pretty soon you fill up, you know, you get a new A title. And so you put it in the A's and then pretty soon you fill that up. Now you've got to shift some of what's in that box over to the next box, which causes you to shift that box over and it just cascades down and you're having to. You know, that's an afternoon. It's not that bad. <laughs> I've, I've, I've got my technique. And I know I can easily add a complete empty long box in the middle and have everything flow into it. But anyway, to get back to the way I suggested he saves them, it's like you go through the boxes, you put A through L in one pile, and you put no A through M in one pile, you put N through Z in the other, you make a separate pile for S's, but because for, for some reason an inordinate amount of comic books start with the letter S, and for me personally, a lot of my that I collect starts with X. So I always make separate piles for any any titles that start with S, any that start with X, and then you go A through M, N through Z, and then you take those, and then I'll go A through G, and then H through M, and their piles. And at that point, when I start alphabetizing everything, and then the other I go M to R, no Q, to R, do those, then do the S's, and then I do T through V. Uh, T through W, I do my X's and then I do my Z's. And that's how I do large collections. Right. Now, do you alf- Do you put it in chronological order within alphabetical? Like all the early Batmans and then the later Batmans? And... I go by issue number. That's why I hate all this renumbering. I don't mean just that. I mean, okay, you've got... Um, so you would do all the original Batman before you would do the new 52 Batman, before you would do Rebirth Batman. Yeah, you do it in that order, because they're, they're kind of like volumes. So you do right. issue number, you know, volume one, volume two, volume three. I will say, though, I have pulled out most of my pre-Copper Age comics into one long box, because that's the stuff I kind of keep separate, and I'm looking to get slabbed, or um, I just keep separate in case of, if the, you know, there's I got a couple of boxes, Triggered that if the, if the house is burning, I can grab real quick. <laughs> That's one of them. Right. There's... <laughs> All right. You know, you gotta, you gotta, you, yeah, you gotta have that, uh, that bolt, uh, long box. True. But you gotta bolt the house in. Right. It's just so. curious the way people organize, because I've heard all, all manner of ways of organizing comics, and I guess it just depends on whatever pleases you yeah you know it's you know it's it's almost like you know collect like collect what you like <laughs> and organize how you like just organize yes <laughs> for me it's like okay what's the least amount of work over time you know because some some methods of organizing are more time consuming than others so. mm-hmm 
So, but anyway, it looks like he's just, I don't know, powering through it. Yeah. However that is. I don't know. He doesn't seem to have followed any type of visible or discernible method. You know, he he sends me pictures of some, hey, I found this, I found that. <laughs> he found like one section I had, it must have been at least 30 copies of the same Superman comic. I'm like, well, that's what you get when you come out. But he's found some well, good things. He has found some good things. Well, you know what? There's uh, somebody around here that's, uh, what was it? They put on an app that they had. Ugh, I can't remember how many it was. Uh, I think they said they had a thousand comics. Their father's, a thousand of their, you know, comics. It was their father's. And there's issues from 1960 to, to current, right? And they wanted five grand for it. Well, you know, three or four weeks later, they've dropped the price to a thousand, right? So they're dollar books now. And they've showed some pictures of it. And I'll tell you, you look at the pictures, I don't see anything from the 60s. Maybe some stuff from the late 70s. But, uh, you know, could there be some good ones in there? Maybe. Maybe. Would they take $500 for 50-cent comics? But now you got got 1,000 comics. What do you do with them? Right. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But none of the pictures showed anything, like, kind of interesting in them. Right. But they wanted five grand at first. Comic reality setting in. Yes, it is. Very much so. Okay. Well, I don't have anything else unless you do. No, I don't. I don't. Okay. Just getting ready to go back to that essential, uh, essentiality tomorrow. So I figured with you being in medical related, you'd be working weekends as well as no, we don't have to do weekends, and actually we just need to give time for people to be away and for the cleaning crews to come in and clean. Oh, yeah. So. That makes sense. Anyway, well, you've been listening to Best of the Rest, heavily focused on the rest today. <laughs> if you'd like, you can tweet the show at BOTR Comics. You can reach me at Forgets. I'm at UT Engineer. And we will see you next time. Stay safe, stay healthy.